You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. All right, the Combine is officially in the books. And joining us this evening to break it all down is Will Kunkel from Queen City News, host of Charlotte Sports Live, also has a podcast, Relatable Journey. Will, thank you for joining us this evening. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me again. Running out of guests, huh? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about the combine here, and we'll start with we'll start with the quarterbacks. Who impressed you? And and I, and that can be whether that was through the interviews or their combine performance. But who stood out in, at that QB position? I loved all of them at the podium. I thought they all did really well. When I say all of them. I was up close with Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and, and parts of Anthony Richardson. Uh, certainly Bryce Young. That dude is just so poised. Uh, you know, granted, it's a 15-minute podium interview, but everyone that I talked to, any sources that I have with the Panthers, they said they were extremely impressed with Bryce. And, that, and they went on the record, too, and talked about that publicly, so it's hardly – inside information but they loved Bryce and who he is as a person uh, I don't think CJ Stroud is far off or any of those guys frankly but um as for the workouts I you know I just put something out on Twitter from the vice president of football administration Samir Suleiman and he watches film he's been a scout he's been in the front office he's been in the league office he's done it all and like he his his demo was the same as mine which is like the tape don't lie. And if you watch a workout, you just want it to kind of back up what you see. You don't, it shouldn't change all of your grades because you're grading a guy based on football, not based on a workout. It's like guys, certain guys test well, certain guys don't test well. Uh, and it's also not football. I was out, like, I was talking to one coach out there and he was telling me football is a game of change of movement. There is no change of movement at all in any of, like, at all in the 40. So, like, while we love speed, it does, doesn't tell you what you need to hear. Um, I know I'm not answering your question, but Will Levis, you know, obviously impressed with his arm. But but then again, he's got to play less tense. He's got to play uh, less tight when he plays the game. So I don't. I never take so much away from the combine, though. That's just me. Well, you, you know, the talk of the town here in Carolina is is you know, got to get the quarterback, got to get the quarterback, and. Um, um, you know, most fans are, you know, ready for Carolina to make that jump. Uh, but how serious, in, from what you've heard, are the Carolina Panthers in possibly trading up to three or one or wherever that may be? Yeah, wherever, wherever it might be, uh, the Panthers are very serious, extremely, extraordinarily, extremely serious to go get their guy. With that being said, the Panthers aren't stupid. Scott knows what he's doing. Scott, Samir, and Dan, that being Dan Morgan, are – smart guys and they're not emotional and that's part of Samir's role and really looking at the numbers looking at a guy's talent what they're worth and not allowing yourself to fall in love with a guy's workout or in any Twitter hype or whatever it might be and not to say that Scott and Dan would ever fall for that but they're gonna go up 
and I believe, to if, if they can get their guy, whoever that might be, but they will not do it at an insane price, and they won't do it if they're going to lose Brian Burns or Derek Brown. Those guys are staples of that defense right now, and it's tough to find. There's a reason everybody wants Brian Burns and Derek Brown, because they're tough to find in the draft. So they're going up. That's my prediction. Is it realistic? I know it's hard to pinpoint this right now, and no one really knows, but just your gut feeling, is it is number five likely? Is number three likely? Is the Bears at the top likely? Like, what's your sense on if they were to trade up, where it's where is that landing spot for them? Well, I'd say it's likely they're gonna go up, and I would say number one is possible. So anything is possible. And I and it's not a cop out because last year I would have said, like, I really don't think they're gonna go up. Like I'd be shocked. Like they got to grab a tackle. And if one of their tackles falls to them, which they did, they all three of them did, they're going to stick right there and grab them. And that's what happened. So not everything was possible last year. This year, I truly think everything in regards to trading up is possible. Now, the only way, the only way they trade back in my mind is if three or four other ball clubs make a trade and they just pay astronomical prices. And the Panthers are like, hell with this. We're not doing that. And then by the time the draft comes to them, their quarterback's not available and they trade back to get more depth on their team. That's the only way I see them trading back. And the only way they stay at nine is if somebody falls in the draft like a C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, or Will Levis. I think those are the only three that they are seriously interested in. I do not think Anthony Richardson is a good play for them. I don't think they're overly interested in him because he's not ready to play in the NFL right away. And they don't have a guy for him to sit behind right now. Uh, so I think, yeah, so that's that's how I would say it. it's likely they're going to go up. And it, they're probably going to go up and likely going to go up. And it, it's a possible that they go to one. Now you say they won't have a guy. Do you think Anthony Richardson would change their minds if they go out and get like a Garoppolo, some guy who can kind of hold the reins for route. a year? No. They're just not going to go that route. They, they will not go get Garoppolo. They won't go get, in my opinion, they're not going to go get any free agent quarterback. I, I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Who who do you see fitting best in Frank Reich's offense? I think Bryce Young is definitely the best. And then I, I like the upside of Will Levis because I, I think there's a lot to be had there that wasn't there because of his injured foot at Kentucky. He didn't run the ball well his last year because they didn't run the ball with him. The offense was bad. This uh, the scheme was horrible. The off the wide receivers were bad too. But he didn't look good, so you can chalk it up to whatever you want. They won at times in spite of him, and they certainly didn't win because of him at times. That's not exactly a ring endorsement. But, again, if you're being honest and look at the full picture, there are reasons. C.J. Stroud, great thrower of the football, of course. Looked great against Georgia. I always hesitate when somebody consistently brings up one game out of a dude's career and points to that. It's like, what is what does that say about the other 20 or whatever it might be that year? Um, and again, sometimes like if you really got to watch the tape to see how wide open some of these receivers are for C.J. Stroud, how wide open they are for Anthony Richardson. But someone like Anthony Richardson just, Richardson, he just makes these ridiculous plays that are awesome to watch. But it doesn't mean he's a great quarterback. So I think Bryce Young and Will Levis are the two guys that could really fit the system well. Because they're guys that can drop back, make a good throw, and, and are ready to 
possibly make a rise for sure ready to play in the NFL. The in the last time we talked to you, uh, Will, I think you had mentioned that uh, according to your sources that Will Levis was still the or was one of the favorites on the Carolina Panthers board uh, in in terms of quarterbacks in the draft. Is that still of of your belief that you know Will Levis is is, is highly up there and uh, is he number one? I don't know if he's number one or not. I think Bryce Young's the consistent number one around the NFL, at least for somebody that's going to go high, right? So teams might have Anthony Richardson up high that are drafting, you know, in the twenties or something like that, because they know it's possible that he drops. Um, yeah, I think they've kept a really open mind with all these prospects, you know, so, so many guys in the front office go into a combine in these meetings with a set mind of what they've seen, what they know, or the, at least what they think they know. I think the Panthers have done the opposite. And I think they were really impressed with Will Levis in person in their 20-minute meeting, as well as Bryce Young. So I think Will has kind of gone like the up and down throughout the season for some of the things I mentioned. And every time, I, as far as I know, every time the Panthers went to watch him, he played like the garbage. He was bad. He was not good at all. So that doesn't leave a good taste. But if you do a little bit of digging, you kind of see why sometimes. Uh, so I think it's those guys want too. And I I think they would probably be happy with both of them or either of them. Now, for me, it's just what's the draw with Willa? Is it the big arm? Is it the Josh? He might be the next Josh Allen because there are things. I mean, you look at Stroud and Bryce Young, and it just seems they're more clean and polished type prospect. And why take a chance on a guy like Will Levis who could turn out to be the next Sam Darnold of this draft. Yeah. And they all could, honestly. Um, it's like, there's been guys that we all thought were going to be good and they weren't good. Um, you know, for Bryce, do you worry about his height? But for, for Will, it's because he has the height. He's got the hands. He's got the body. He's got everything that a quarterback, like off the bus, he looks awesome. Um, and I think, because if you look back at his junior tape, that's, I think, the, truly the tape you got to look at or whatever year he is now, the year prior to it, um, two years ago tape, because I think that's really the quarterback that he is. So I think you see that ceiling be awfully high with him. And the floor, the floor I don't think, is as low as we all think. But it's, it's like, in talking to Frank and talking to Scott about this, too, they're like, this is an art. This is not a science. There's a reason that teams have busted on quarterbacks over and over and over again, whether it be out of the draft or free agency and pay, making massive paydays for these guys. Like John Elway has had a relatively pretty crappy track record in finding quarterbacks, whether it be Brock Osweiler, I don't know if he was there for that, but Paxis Lynch and whoever it might be. Like, it's just very difficult. Like the Seahawks went out and signed Matt Flynn off in one game for the Packers against the Lions and then drafted Russell Wilson late in the draft and just took all that $52 million away from Matt. And so it's just so hard to predict. And I'm not the guy to sit here and be like, I'm telling you outside of Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck, that they're going to be studs. Well, let's talk about Derek Carr here. Let's move, move into some of the free agent quarterbacks. And I've seen the reports that Frank Reich was pushing for Derek Carr. Do you know anything about that? Is that fair to say? Where where were the Panthers brass on that? I think they were they love Derek. I think they really like his ability, and I think that they love him as a person. They respect him, and they wanted him if it made sense. But I don't think, like I keep saying, I don't think that they want a free agent retread. And I, he's not your typical retread. 
uh, you know, like reclamation type project. But I don't think it just fits with their philosophy and what they're doing and trying to build their quarterback for the next 10 years. Like Derek's just not that guy because of his age. Um, I think it would have made sense for the next two to three years. But again, they're still building this team. It's not like they're not going to go out and win the Super Bowl this year. They're in a really bad division. They can win the division, go to the playoffs, and maybe win a game. I think we'd all agree that'd be the ceiling and a pretty damn good one right now. Especially with a rookie quarterback. Like a rookie quarterback isn't exactly akin to success. So we might take a step backwards a little bit more than we would like, depending who we get and how they react to playing in the NFL. There's a lot of high expectation among fans since they went seven and ten and kind of finished strong under Steve Wilkes. Mm-hmm. And you see the comments by Frank, you know, the the floor is playoffs, you know, the ceilings championship, and that's all talk. But I uh, definitely but think don't you agree? Like I agree with that. Oh, but, definitely. But like that winning the division and going to the playoffs is a picture of the NFC South, not the NFL or the NFC or the AFC, right? Like it, you have to be honest with yourself saying it's because the NFC sucks. That's fair. No, you're not wrong fair on enough. that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Let's talk about another name out there. And this is kind of spiraled really today. Um, and that's Lamar Jackson. The Ravens placed a non-exclusive tag on him this afternoon, which means – Teams can engage in contract talks with him, and then the Ravens can match their offer, and if they don't, they can get two first-round picks for him. Have the Panthers reached out to Lamar Jackson? Do you know? I don't know that they have. Joe Person had a report saying that the Panthers are not interested. Um, and I, Again, and that falls in line with kind of everything else about the free agency. Obviously, Lamar would kind of change that, but again, whatever, $200-plus million guaranteed? Again, that's not Steve, Scott Fitter and Samir and Dan's MO. They're not frivolous with their money. They're smart with it. They're not cheap, but they're smart with their money. And I don't know that giving that kind of money guaranteed to a guy that has missed 10 games in the last two years is smart. I, I know it's not smart. Uh, Deshaun Watson and the Browns broke the quarterback market, if you will, and the NFL owners are pushing back right now, and the GMs are too, because the GMs know that their job is tied to the quarterback. So if the quarterback goes down and you gave all that dude guaranteed money, they're going to be out of a job. And the owners are like, well, our team's going to then suck for about seven to eight years, so they don't want to deal with that. And for everyone saying, well, because the owners are cheap, they don't want to pay, it's not, the owners don't get any money from the salary pool. They, they don't get what's unspent. It doesn't work that way. It's got to be spent somewhere in some manner. Um, so I think this is just the NFL owners kind of trying to reset the expectations of what the quarterback market is. Because Lamar Jackson isn't Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't mean he's not good, but it also doesn't mean he's $250 million guaranteed or whatever number that he wanted, uh, reportedly. To play a devil's advocate a little bit, for the fans out there, and I've seen this out on Twitter, why would the Panthers send literally everyone in top of the organization to go meet with Deshaun Watson, who had more than two dozen allegations against him, but not even consider Lamar Jackson? Different regime. It's just a, this is run like this organization is run differently now than it was under Matt Rule. Um, it just, it's not. The same. And I think that's that kind of answers a lot because Matt needed to save his job. There's a reason they went out and threw a lot of flyers around the place and he needed to have something click. And Deshaun definitely would have helped something click. 
Um, it's a good question, though. It does make you think, but I do think, again, it's in part a big picture for for these teams saying we're not paying that kind of money at the quarterback market guaranteed. Now, I don't know if that was really on the table with Deshaun at the time. It ended up being what he got and why he probably went to the Cleveland because there was no reason for him to really go there. They're not a good team other than getting guaranteed money. And in his situation, he was going to miss all these games. Like, I'd be shocked if the Panthers were going to give him that type of money guaranteed, knowing that he was going to miss virtually an entire season. Yeah, and I, I think uh, just to go back to a point that you mentioned earlier, Will, um, how bad the NFC is, I mean, I, I'm playing a little devil's advocate as well. I think Lamar Jackson comes in and he's, what, the second, maybe the first best quarterback in the NFC uh, overall, uh, maybe behind Jalen Hurts. Uh, that was in the Super Bowl this year. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers goes, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I will. I, I personally, I, w- I would take Lamar over Rodgers uh, in this for current. a year. For a year, I would. <laughs> but I, I think um, to, to be in Carolina's situation where you you know you've never won a Super Bowl and and you have the opportunity to, to get a 26 year old former MVP who has had injury problems in the past, and you know you can't ignore that completely, but. Uh, to, I, I mean, you, you're going to be potentially dealing with that with Bryce Young and his size or, you know, anybody can get injured at any point. So uh, I, I just I think for them to like immediately come out, you know, a couple hours after Lamar Jackson's tagged and and say they're not interested after talking to Derek Carr and, you know, year after year being interested in quarterbacks that were the retreads. I just I just find that so just discouraging as, as a fan uh, because. It's Lamar Jackson, and and like I said, uh, Carolina would be a favorite in the NFC to to I, I believe with the defense that they have in place and with Lamar Jackson to come out of the NFC um, and, and potentially make a Super Bowl run. So I agree with the last point. They could make a Super Bowl run if Lamar Jackson was there and he was healthy the entire time. I but all those quarterbacks are not the same. It's not all the same. You know, in, in the silo of each one, they're all very different. Like they're they're all separate, right? So Derek Carr was getting what thirty million a year, none of it guaranteed, or uh, some of it guaranteed, um, and whoever the other guys are, like Lamar Jackson, you can't, I, you just can't tie up everything for the next five years in Lamar, and then all of a sudden he's playing six games a year. We loved Christian McCaffrey, we loved him, and he was the man, like, and he was the arguably the best running back in the NFL when he was healthy. But you saw fans, and you saw what happened when he wasn't playing, and how much that hamstrung the salary cap and we're still dealing with a big hit on the cap now and he's still not, and he's not here. So if you want to do that and nearly triple that dollar amount with a guy that might not play, I, I know what you'd like. The ceiling is like the ultimate ceiling, but the floor is so low that if you're going to guarantee it, it, the floor has got to be a little higher. I would think in my mind, because it's too much of a gamble versus an educated bet at that point. I definitely think, I mean, I think it's clear that the NFL, the owners are just trying to send a message to players that, you know, this isn't going to be what, like the, I guess you could say the MLB or the NBA where they're just going to guarantee things. And, um, but in the also in the other sense, I don't think it's fair to Lamar since he's had a proven track record. Oh, it um, sucks for Lamar. Like, 
Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it literally is the Cleveland Browns just shitting on everyone, and yeah, now all 100%. the owners have to pick up, to try to pick up the pieces from it, which is really not fair to him at all. Um, I'll also me, guarantee you this: like Lamar's going to get paid. Lamar's going to get paid. We're sitting here as if Lamar's just not going to get paid, and he got screwed. Like he's going to get paid. He's just he's just not going to get the two hundred plus whatever guaranteed. That's all. Sorry. And I think I, it's it would be hard for even if Carolina were to you know be interested it's like they don't have the cap space for it right now and And part of that's for a guy that you did guarantee a lot of money to but then you have the saints on the other hand so it's like well you can (laughs) yeah there's ways to make it work if if they they wanted lamar jackson they could make it work you know salary cap goes up every year uh with fully guaranteed contracts you can you don't have to have the player's permission to restructure the contract. So you can convert some of it to a signing bonus and spread it out over X amount of years, which, you know, you get into the salary cap situation that the saints are in, but every year they kick it down the road, they kick the can down the road and they're signing players like Derek Carr now for $35 million a year. It just seems like it never really comes, becomes a huge issue for the saints or other teams that do it. Uh, You know, I guess you could say the Rams are probably going through it right now, but uh, it it seems like every year the saints, Saints the Saints have lost guys too. I mean, they they traded that corner to the Eagles, who was, I mean, arguably one of the best in the NFC right now this past year, and that was kind of a, a casualty f- uh, from their cap situation. But well, let's move on from that. Let's talk about some free agents with Carolina here. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Bradley Bozeman, Deontay Foreman, they've been the talk. Both, you know, Scott and. Uh, Frank have had you know high praise for both of those guys. Do both of them get signed? You think? I think again, it all depends on money because they're smart with their money. They're not going to overpay. So I, I know I know they de- they really want them both back, and I think they really want Bradley back in particular. I think it's harder to replace a very good center than it is a pretty damn good running back, which Deontay is. Um, but you can always find a running back in the market. And that's what kind of sucks for a guy like Foreman. He hasn't gotten his payday yet, and he deserves one. But I, I, I would bet that if the number is not too high, Bradley would be back versus Foreman. If I had to pick one versus the other, but if they don't get Bradley, like they'll go out and like they'll be able to afford Foreman or maybe a little bit extra if they like him enough. But I know they were liking some of the I don't know who, but I know they were liking quarter, some of the running backs in the. uh combine is uh is, is Shaq Thompson a uh pay cut or cut situation uh in your opinion I'll yeah I'll bet all my, I'll bet my life on the fact that he's going to be released eventually oh wow okay I just I don't see that happening this offseason I love I love Shaq and I think he's a great dude I just I just think it's a decision that the Panthers are going to make that would that would be my bet yeah, I think he's a top five paid linebacker uh, in the league the, up this upcoming season. I think he's like a, his cap number is what, like 24 million or something? It's, great. it's a crazy number. <laughs> yeah, and if you think that's a crazy number, you want to give 250 guaranteed to Lamar, though. Well, yeah. Shaq, Thompson is, Shaq Thompson isn't going out and winning you a Super Bowl. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the timeline on Bozeman is? Do you think that happens like, within the next week or two, or is this something that's going to drag out? I hope I think it gets a lot done of it soon. Can... I feel like if it drags out, we could be in trouble here, but I agree. And I also, it might depend on when some of the picks start moving around. That way, you know what you have going into free agency. Um, 
for next year. So, uh, yeah, so going into free agency, I know teams want to know like where they sit in the draft for sure. So I think that that number one pick in particular is going to move sooner than later. Um, yeah, I, I hope it gets wrapped up in the next ten days because then I then he's back as a Panther. But if if not, then it just kind of drags out. And I want Bradley to get his money too. Like I want him to get paid. And if that's somewhere else, good for him. Yeah, I'm going to be really sad if they let him go. I mean, yeah. the community impact too is it's unmatched. Oh, Nick, I've talked to Nikki, his wife, and him quite a bit, and I just tell him, you know, a couple different times just how impressive it is for them to come in as a new member of the team in a new community, not knowing anybody. And not even getting their feet wet, just diving into the community. It was overly impressive. And they're still doing work with Jersey Mike's in the area and helping yeah. people that can't eat. It gets, it's overly impressive what they do for our community and honestly, any, anywhere around the country of stuff that they have done. All right, last one here, Bridge Quarterback. Where do things stand with Sam Darnold? And if it's not him, who will they go after? Yeah, I think that Sam is a pretty good option if they go that route because they're, they're obviously not going to go. I'd be shocked if they went into the season with Matt Corral and the drafted quarterback. I, I can't see that happening because we see it every year. A backup quarterback becomes your starter for a significant part of the year. Um, I I don't know where it stands with Sam, uh, first of all, and I think that he would be the leader in the clubhouse unless I'm not thinking, because it's not going to be Jimmy G. It's obviously not Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson. It's obviously not a bridge. Aaron Rodgers is obviously not a bridge. So, What what about Jacoby Brissett? Uh, he has familiarity yeah. with, with Frank Wright. I think that's possible. The, again, so it comes down to numbers. In a vacuum, talent for talent, I'd rather have Sam Darnold. I know some people will either freak out by that, but I, I honestly think he was pretty dang good last year when he was healthy and, and the line supported him. And he slowed his feet down, made good reads, and you won games because of him. Um, I think Jacob. I don't think Jacoby's as good as Sam, but if if it's eight million dollars cheaper or whatever it might be, you just go Jacoby. You think the going the Darnell route versus Jacoby would give you a sense where they're going quarterback wise, or you don't think that would matter in the, as a rookie? I think that the Panthers might. I think the Panthers are going to go up and trade for a guy that can probably start right away. So if they went now, because I don't think those two are too drastic. Like Sam's not going to be guaranteed to start, but I think if Sam and like for instance, if Sam and Jacoby are on the same team, I think Sam would be the starter. I think he would actually end, he would end up. Being, I guess uh, I think I'm, I think my I'm, I'm not asking the right r the right way. If they go out and get Sam, would that preclude them to go out and get a guy like Will Levis? And then if they get Brissett, will it preclude them to go out and get, you know? I see what you're saying. No. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so at all because I think it's truly like a bridge. Like it has, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. And I don't think any of them are really like crazy different that Bryce can't play in, in the system A where only Sam can and vice versa. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I don't think so. I, and I'd be shocked. Well, I think that's all I have for Will. Bryson, you got anything? You're that's good? all, man. That's all. all right. Well, Will, we just want to thank you again. I know things are crazy right now and you got a lot going on, but appreciate you catching up with us here, giving us some insight into the combine and some of these draft prospects. And 
hopefully in a couple months here we can be talking about a, a fresh start at the QB position and someone they will one way or the other somehow. <laughs> NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. This week... I am looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers-Miami Heat matchup for tomorrow night. The Heat are a one-and-a-half point underdog in this one. I'm going to take the Heat to cover and beat the Cavaliers. Download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. We want to thank Will again for coming on, giving us some insight into the combine, some of the rookies, drafted quarterbacks, free agent quarterbacks out there. Bryson, I wanted to talk a little bit because these are a couple of things that have come up since the combine. And I guess we'll start with this. Let's just start with the combine, and then we'll get to these two things. Who who did you like out of the QBs? I know we didn't get to see, obviously, Bryce Young throw. We did get some measurements on him. It sounds like he's a little bit bigger than people thought. No matter how he added that weight, we'll find out what he plays at this season. But what did you think of the other QBs that threw? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think uh, what stands out, um, just face value, is Anthony Richardson's measurements uh just an you know a specimen an athlete uh somebody that's really a freak of nature at the quarterback position i think he's the the highest graded uh with his ras score at the quarterback position ever so uh he's you know he's fast he's he's big he's got you know elite movement um just uh just really good and then you know he, he threw some good balls as well uh just i really feel like he's a quarterback that still is going to need to sit behind um, a veteran for a year or so and kind of just learn the offense in the NFL and get time to uh, just really get acclimated to the NFL speed. So uh, I think that, you know, he's, he, I think a situation where he goes where he's not the starter right away would be best for him. But the one that really impressed me was CJ Stroud. I thought um, <clears throat> he was really smooth on his throws. He made everything look easy. Tested well, uh, you know, um, RAS wise, uh, everybody, you know, says he, he interviewed well. I just, when I think, when I was watching him throw, uh, I just, he just reminds me a lot of Joe Burrow. Like he's not overly athletic. Like he's not gonna, he's not Anthony Richardson, but he, he gets the job done. He's, you know, he, he's well equipped, uh, not to say he's not, but, uh, he's, uh, he's just so smooth mechanics wise. He makes the easy passes look easy, which he's supposed to. He makes the hard passes look easy. He doesn't really struggle in any area in passing. Um, he, you know, he on film he he reads the field well. Uh, I just I'm really impressed with CJ Stroud. And I think he's going to be a good quarterback in this league for a long time, like we talked about in the last episode. It really just reaffirmed that for me. Um, but yeah, I think CJ Stroud was probably the most impressive to me. Yeah, you saw my thunder. St- definitely for me, CJ Stroud. I tweeted out, I mean, his his throws just smooth, man. Smooth like butter. I mean, he made that shit look easy. 
Like, and you got to remember, he's throwing the guys that he's not thrown to. None of these guys have. And, you know, you get that as an excuse a lot with these QBs at the combine that, you know, they'll miss a throw here or there because, you know, they haven't worked. I mean, he was just on. I think he missed maybe one or two throws, but the rest of them were just darts all over the place. He was real. And his his throwing motion is very tight. It's compact. It's it's just it, he's go. I think he's going to be really good in this league. So and, you know, Daniel Jeremiah mentioned he said one of the best throwing sessions he's ever seen at the combine. So just outstanding. And, you know, he's just building off of that Georgia performance he had uh, in the college football playoffs. So. Yeah, I thought he was impressive. I also thought, like you mentioned, Anthony Richardson was, he's a physical freak. I mean, got a rifle for an arm. He's the 40 yard, the 40 yard dash was running. I mean, the, he did the jump. Um, and that was impressive. I think he was, wasn't he the, the top quarterback for the, what what the hell do they call that? The jump where they stand. The vertical. <laughs> vertical. Yeah. 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 His vertical jump was the highest ever for a quarterback. Just yep. very impressive. A little disappointed hearing, you know, from Will what he just said that it's he thinks the Panthers aren't really interested in Richardson. I don't know if he said that exactly, but that is kind of a little disappointing if that's the case. So that will be something kind of to monitor. Um, as we move forward here, but let's talk, let's talk Daniel Jeremiah since, since I mentioned him, he gave a scenario during the combine and he said that the, a possible trade compensation for the Panthers and bears, um, would be the Panthers get the number one pick in exchange for number nine, the Panthers second round pick, which is 39. And then a first rounder in 2024 and 2025, Bryson, how are we feeling about that? You willing to you willing to give that one up for uh, Bryce Young? Absolutely. I or I guess any it. quarterback. I guess they would get pick of the letter. It wouldn't have to be Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that would be my pick. But yeah, I, I would absolutely do it in a heartbeat. I think that that's totally worth getting a franchise quarterback. Um, and, and you know teams do it. The you know the Rams straight away their first their first round pick like it picks like it doesn't matter. Um. The 49ers didn't got Trey Lance, which is still to be determined. Uh, you know, I think uh, it really – if you're getting a prospect like C.J. Stroud or like Bryce Young at the number one overall pick, which really isn't, I guess, uh, certain that they would take because, uh, you know, there's so many uh, mixed messages with Will Levis might go number one, Anthony Richardson might go number one. But uh, I think that those two prospects are the best in, in, in this draft class and – are worth that draft compensation that would be required to trade up to get them. Uh, I think Carolina would immediately be the best team in the NFC South, uh, immediately be a playoff team. And I think that, it, you know, it would bring hope back to Carolina and just all around be worth it. And I think that they could still, they would still have a second round pick um, from the 49ers. They would still have, you know, uh, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and, you know, every other pick that they had in the draft. So um, they could still build, around him and, and draft other players in that draft um, and, and, you know, just continue to build from the second round on uh, in, in later drafts, but you would have your quarterback, which is the most important part of the team that Carolina hasn't had for a long time. So absolutely. I would do that trade. 
Yeah, and if you look at it from and I, you know, this is really a good way to look at it. it makes it even easier to do is they're essentially only giving out first two two first round picks for them because they're just swapping the first rounders this year. So yeah, I'm a, I mean, I would send that in yesterday. Like that's that's a no-brainer for me. And you still get, you know, you still have the San Fran package this year, which you can load up on. You can go out and get your tight end, maybe another receiver, go out and get a linebacker, another safety, or, um, you know, someone at the defensive end spot or wherever your holes are after free agency. So I think that would give them a lot of play. I feel like I have a feeling it's going to take more than that. Just based off of all the teams that want to trade, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I feel like that Sant Fran package is going to be more involved in wherever they go. Uh, but I guess we'll see what happens. And then there was another report out today by Jonathan Jones. And this was an interesting pick. And I mean, the Bears, I mean, they would be loaded with draft picks if this happened. But he mentioned the possibility the Bears could trade down more than once in the first top 10 picks, which yeah, the scenario I think he gave was that they would trade down. The Texans would trade up to one. They trade down to two. And then Carolina would trade up from nine to two. Um, thoughts on that trade scenario. Do you think that's more of a possibility or you think Carolina puts all their eggs in a basket and moves up to one instead? I mean, look, if if I'm the Chicago Bears, that's what I'm trying to do is, is the double trade down. Talk about being able to build around your franchise quarterback Side note, who should be a Carolina Panther um, with all the first round picks that uh, that you would have from that double trade down. I mean, you would you would get Texas, the Texans and then obviously Carolinas to move up from nine to two. I imagine the package wouldn't be very different from moving up to nine to one. So uh, if I'm the Bears, that's what I'm trying to do. But, you know, I, I'm not I'm not sold on the idea that the Texans are trying to move up from two to one. I think that the tech, there, you know, we, there's been reports out, I think, today. But Texans are are uh, there's a lot of people in their building that are really interested in bringing Jimmy G in, and I think that they bring Jimmy G in. They're not drafting Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. They're drafting Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I think they're sitting at two, thinking that they're pretty safe. So that's my opinion on on, on that matter. But um, if I'm the Bears, I mean that's obviously the route I'm going to try to go if, if at all possible. If that's on the table, because like I said, you're going to be able to build around your franchise quarterback, who's you know. Uh, who you're going to have just a, a plethora of picks in the first, second round for the next couple of years and just be able to to really build that talent around him. So uh, if I'm the Bears, that's what I'm trying to do. If I'm Carolina and I'm at nine and I'm, so, and I'm trying to trade up to two, I'm still going to do that because you're, you would have your, your – you'd either have Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and like we've mentioned a hundred times already, those are the two best prospects in our opinion, the two day one starters that – there's not a huge gap between the two, in my opinion. I do believe Bryce Young's better, but I be also believe C.J. Stroud's a, a very good quarterback. So um, trading up to two from nine is, is something that I would definitely consider if I was Carolina as well. Yeah, and, you know, I liked what Will, Le or Will Levis, Will Kunkel said. <laughs> Jeez. Will Kunkel said earlier in this episode is, you know, it's very likely the Panthers are going to trade up. That's I love hearing that. Like, that is awesome. And you see the reports and you see – I think it was one of the ESPN reporters that, you know, the sense they got coming out of the combine is Carolina is going to be very aggressive and trading up, which you love to hear. And I think, you know, it's clearly the focus is shifting. They want a rookie this year. 
And it's also good to know that, you know, Scott Fitter was part of the Seattle team that, you know, took a chance on Russell Wilson, who was a smaller statured quarterback, you know, you know, that six foot range. Um, he's, he's definitely bigger than what Bryce Young is, but that might, you know, that might give you a little hint that he might be willing, you know, that he's not going to worry about that as much. Um, so, and that, that entices me because I, I want this team getting Bryce Young. That's who I want it. I, it, like send it all for pick one, make it happen. Yeah. I think he's going to be a, a really special player. Um, and, and you know, the best way to uh, calm fans down about the whole Lamar Jackson situation is to go ahead and send that trade in <laughs> and show them that you have, you know, you, you had a plan in place and this is why you weren't interested in Lamar. You were, you were talking number one pick, you you know, that you were talking the, the uh the the deal there and and trading up to one so uh just do it just go ahead and do it and and calm all of our nerves uh we just we don't want to be stuck with Sam Darnold and Will Levis I mean come on uh just the fans have have suffered long enough in Carolina and we want you to do something aggressive and I think there was a report I forgot exactly who it was maybe Dan Graziano or uh one of the other reporters but uh he reported that that Carolina was one of the most aggressive teams that he has heard at the combine ever uh, talking about trading up. So uh, that was very an, an, an interesting, excuse me, interesting comment uh, that I saw on Twitter. So um, apparently Carolina, you know, is, it's making it very well known that they want to trade up and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So <laughs> we will see. Yeah, no, I, I think the biggest thing with all this and just, this is, I think is going to hit, you know, hinge on a lot of it is can the bears get a blue chip type player at nine the, you know, Ryan polls, I listened to his press conference at the combine. He mentioned that is, you know, they're going to evaluate the guys that they think, you know, in this pool of, you know, how far can they go back to get one of those blue chip players? And if they believe at nine, they can still go and get a guy. I think that's going to, ease their minds a little bit to trade back. Cause that's always been the knock with the Carolina trade scenario is do they trade too far back and, you know, not go out and get, you know, a, a premier player for them. So, and that kind of weighs heavily on if, you know, Carolina is going to have to offer more obviously to trade up because Chicago is going to be sliding back. I mean, if for Chicago, you'd probably rather have pick two or four with the Colts or pick seven with the Raiders and not slide all the way back to Carolina. So I can see that, but I'm just praying to the heavens that they have about 12 blue trip players and we'll be sitting pretty <laughs> and they can trade. Well, I think, I think Ryan Paul said that there were seven players in this draft that he, he would take first overall. So I, I mean, you imagine he's not looking at quarterbacks uh, because they have Justin Fields. And you, if the Panthers were to trade up, you would imagine that the first, at least well, yeah, three. three quarterbacks are coming off the like no matter what. Yeah, three quarterbacks are, are coming off the board. So if you're sitting at nine, you know, uh you're gonna have a chance to draft one of those seven players that you have on your board as a as a blue chip player. So I did uh, not see that. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and so very intriguing. <clears throat> so hopefully that is the case and he's not including quarterbacks, but uh but yeah, I, I think I think from everything that I've seen and just reading the tea leaves is I think the Bears would be comfortable at nine. I don't think that the Carolina being at nine really uh, precludes them from being a team that, 
the Bears are interested in, in trading down with. So um, hopefully that's true, and and I guess we will see. What would you do if Carolina trades up to one and they take Will Levis? <laughs> I had to run this. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that because I would be so mad. Uh, I I really don't know what I would do. I mean, I would take time off of this podcast. I would probably – uh, suspend my Twitter account for a long time and uh, just really focus on the Carolina Hurricanes or the Charlotte Hornets who are dog shit right now, but would be better in my eyes than the Carolina Panthers. So um, if they trade up to one and take Will Levis, I'm going to be extremely upset. Uh, I just, I think taking him over two prospects that are in my eyes can't miss prospects as long as they stay healthy. Uh, I just I I don't even know, man. I, I really don't even want to talk about that. I don't want to put that into existence. But <laughs> I, know, I uh, don't even want to talk about it either. I just was like, shit. If that happened, yeah, I, I mean, would I, I would consider Twitter. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I I mean I yeah I would have to go on a on a three week darkness retreat where Aaron Rodgers went and really just focus on myself and 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 take some mushrooms or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, oh, man. Yeah, you would you would have I mean seriously, it would be I mean, you'd have the booze coming out again. I think like people would be you would have you would have the the famous Jets fans at the draft when I can't remember when they drafted. They dra- was it Sanchez, Mark Sanchez when they drafted him? I can't remember, but when they the Jets the Jets fans were at a draft and they drafted someone and they were so pissed that yeah. they drafted the player and that's literally you would have that across Panthers Nation. Um, or I'm sorry, I shouldn't even brought it up, but yeah, you're sick for that. <laughs> well, I think we're gonna keep it there. Well, you know, there's a lot to go on here. We got the free agency starting here in a couple of weeks, and then you also have pro days as well, where we'll get to see Bryce Young perform. I hope you know this. Tr- if if the Panthers do move up. I hope it's by the end of this month, and I think it would be. Uh, you know, it just sounds like they would. It's going to be sooner rather than later. And I thought I saw something today that the 49ers, when they traded up for Trey Lance, which is pick three, was I think like March 25th or 27th. So just keep that in mind here as we go, and um, hopefully the next time we see you, whether that's in a week or two. Bradley Bozeman is back on this team and resign. They need to lock him up, and I, I don't think they can let him lock. I think that's a really bad idea. Um, I think he needs Agreed. to be the number one priority this offseason. So let's leave it there. We just want to thank everyone for listening to the Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always... 